Without further ado, hello and welcome to the latest in the Balderson Capital Podcast Series. I'm Ben Goldsmith and today I'm here with James Cook, the Technology Editor of Business Insider UK. Hello and thank you for joining us. Hello Ben, it's my pleasure. I've been a fan of these for a while, genuinely. I'm not just saying that, so it's good to finally come on and say things. It's lovely of you to say. Very nice of you. Uh, We've decided to zero in to a subject that we hope will be very useful to our listenership, which uh, I understand is mainly entrepreneurs, either at an earlier stage or, or a bit later on, and, and fellow investors too. And that is the, the thorny subject of newsjacking, uh, and particularly targeted towards technology entrepreneurs. And newsjacking, for those of you that don't understand, is when you align yourself with a particular news story. So, for example, I would imagine that's been going on quite a lot with Brexit recently, with entrepreneurs and venture capitalists and all those kind of people, uh, thinking that they've got an opinion that's useful to you and sticking that onto a story. They certainly have opinions. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure if they're useful or not. Um, no, so, I mean, it's we get hundreds, genuinely hundreds of emails from people saying, here is a news event that's happening. Let me talk about it. Here's something you've missed. Here's a way that we can help you. Here's something that's relevant to our business. Um, and, and we like our inboxes are filled with these and we end up just usually just deleting them all because we're just used to them being very low quality. But one thing I want to say is that it's a commonly given piece of advice by journalists. You know, when, yeah. when you go to these tech events, you hear a lot of, uh, if, you know, you're on stage or, or one of your peers in journalism is on stage. Something that's commonly said is, you know, if you want to get more media, as that's often the question, how do I get in the news more, says yeah. an entrepreneur? Well, one thing to do is align yourself with a news story. Yeah. Uh, and that's probably why you get this influx of hundreds of emails. We've done this to ourselves. Um, we've <laughs> been saying for years, make yourself part of the news. Um, and we now realize that actually we need to stop saying that because people are trying too hard um, and it's not always especially relevant. Um, so I guess one thing we've always said is, you know, the fact that you exist isn't news and I guess they've taken that to become part of news. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been kind of the one thing that technology journalists have said to either PR people or startups is notice the trend, notice what we write about and try and get yourself there. And I think that's kind of backfired a bit now. Because what's the reality for you as a journalist when you open your uh, inbox of a morning or when you talk to your colleagues for the first like editorial meeting? What's the reality of the situation when there's been a big news break? It's a lot of the same email and, and it all kinds of, blends into one um it, yeah if, if i if i were an emotional man i would cry opening <laughs> my emails every day um what i've actually started doing which is quite useful is as soon as i wake up in the morning i open my emails which means i would i just don't read them and just delete them all which is great because you get rid of all the bad pitches and often the abuse and like abusive emails i just don't register them because i'm half asleep so i just get them all out in the morning and then they're gone usually by the time you i get to the office weirdly yes um i don't know why I don't really mind them too much, but it, it, I just don't want negativity, so it's gone. So the first thing is a purge? I, yeah, I purge um, and get that over and done with, and then they still filter in throughout the day. So I had to change email client to one where I can just delete and press delete all the time and make them go away. Because we'll read the subject line and that's it. And you see, you know, Brexit comment, Verizon acquisition comment, and we're conditioned now. It's like Pavlov's dog where, you know, the dog would dribble or whatever when it sees... <laughs> What, what did the dog so I didn't, I didn't it was really, ringing a bell it, it didn't was go to university so I wasn't taught this so the, the bell rang and the dog um, it dribbled because it thought food was coming it was conditioned to think a treat was coming right yeah. so I and see then like the expert comment and, they and still I just dribbled. hit delete I don't think it just happens <laughs> and you don't dribble neither 
not not anymore. <laughs> got over that. I got that fixed. But so that's what currently happens. You're you're kind of so fatigued as a tech journalist with all of these comments that come in as responses to news stories that almost the delete button is the first thing you go for. Yeah. How can we help in this podcast? What kind of advice can you give, or how can you uh, teach tech entrepreneurs to do it in a smarter way? Yeah, so I, I guess that's useful for you too. Is the thing to mention? Everybody wins. If if we do this right, everybody wins. So there's no pressure. Um, <laughs> I guess the first thing to say would be not to stop trying to be part of the news because that is still genuinely a thing that happens. And you know, we do get good pitches which are part of the news, but instead, it's just to be able to think properly before doing it and understand what the best way to be part of the news is. And if you're not part of the news, you're just doing it, then stop doing it. Don't just do it as part of a routine. Like, oh, what's in the news today? This has happened. Right, let's email lots of journalists with that. You said before the podcast, don't do it if it's just ticking the box that says do some PR today. Right. I mean, I, I used to do startup PR a long time ago, and it's, it's tough, and I realized that, because often, you know, you launch, you raise Series A, Series B, whatever, and then it's the bits in between that which are difficult. And you've got a CEO saying, get me press coverage and you sit there and you think well mm, you know it's a little bit difficult and and you look at the news and think well maybe we could be part of this and I think it's moving away from that and understanding you know both CEOs PR people marketers understanding that there's a more intelligent way to go about doing that as opposed to just form pitches all the time. So what do you want to see coming in your inbox if you see someone pitching you every single day I guess the, the itchy trigger finger for the delete button gets more and more eager yeah. to just hit delete because you know that person is just reading the news and thinking how can I well what's great about Gmail um, is that you can report spam and that blocks like a sender forever so if there's one PR person who keeps pitching bad pitches they're just blocked am I blocked? no you're not Um, (laughs) so what's great is I use um, airmail for email which you can set up notifications for certain people when they email you certain people get notifications sent to my phone not many um, and then there's being in the inbox, which is like a medium level, and then there's just block not seeing it, which okay, is the so worst. You, you currently have almost stratospheres of, of yeah. sources of PR people yeah. um, in your inbox. So some people I will wake up, and if they've been with me overnight, I'll say, oh, you know, Ben Goldsmith's emailed me. I'd better get to the office straight away. Great for my ego. <laughs> but, but how do you, you know, in all seriousness, how, how do you work your way into that top list? What do you do? Do you appear less regularly? Do you make sure the stuff you give is good. And what is good? What does good look like? Yeah, I think it's like a, a signal-noise ratio of when this PR person emails me, it will always be something I want to see straight away because it's timely. It might be an embargo thing that I need to act on. It will be a genuinely interesting pitch, an intro, whatever. I know that whenever this person emails me, it is genuinely important and it's not just what everyone else is sending me. So that would be the way to be at the top of the inbox and, and, and be seen by journalists. Um, you know, and I think good newsjacking does exist. Um, it's rare, and I think it's getting rarer, but it does exist. Um, so I'll give you an example. Um, so one thing I do, which I think Gorka mocked me for doing this, which I was really upset about, <laughs> was running uh, at Led Zepp News, which is a Twitter account all about Led Zeppelin. Weirdly, I, I don't really know why. I did it because my Twitter followers got bored of me tweeting about Led Zeppelin, so it <laughs> tweets about Leslie Plain and weirdly the band see all the things and stuff. So I'm a big fan. Anyway, I got a pitch um, which was during a trial over Stairway to Heaven where the band was accused of stealing the intro to this song from another band. It was a big court case in LA, which I'd been following and I'm writing about a little bit. I had a great pitch from a law firm on the West Coast saying, hey, you know, 
this is happening, so we write about this, this is a news story which we want to be part of, which, you know, immediately I'm thinking, oh, here we go, not good. And then they say, well, we've got a lawyer who does copyright infringement, he's really great, can talk at length, he's done cases with this judge that's going to be doing the Stairway to Heaven trial. So he was the closest thing to an expert or talking to Led Zeppelin's lawyer that we could get. So I interviewed him and he was really, really fantastic. He so he didn't really know the case that well, but he's so well-trained as a lawyer. I ran him through what's going to happen, the bits of evidence, because as a journalist, we know the little bits. And he basically said, here's what's going to happen. Here's the weak points. Here's the strong points. And he was a genuine expert. And that really came across. Uh, so we talked for about 40 minutes and wrote that up. Um, and, it, and the post just came out really well because this guy's expertise showed fruit. And he'd been in that court case with that judge. And I suppose mo most importantly, it was something that you couldn't get from anywhere else. Right. That was unique knowledge that this guy was genuinely an expert who there was no one else who could have told me that, basically, which for a journalist is a goldmine. Um, so it's super relevant to us. And we, and we got that post out. It really took off because it became the go-to explainer for this trial because anyone could explain it. But this guy is a copyright lawyer and he understood it. Um, so it's relevant for our audience, a business side, because we do a lot of entertainment news. It's relevant for me personally, because I'm very passionate about that. Um, and then I also have this side project where I could promote it as well. So that was the so it's, perfect... It's targeted to you. It's an yep. expert that brings something completely new and different to the news story. Yep. And it's also, I suppose, something that not every Tom, Dick or Harry can, can email you about. Right. There was genuinely something which makes me stop and look and say, wow, okay, this is this forwards the news story and changes it. And... Weirdly, what happened after we ran this interview where he said, you know, here's like a weak point in Led Zeppelin's strategy. Suddenly, during the trial, it, it changes. And I know that they kind of see the tweets and posts that go out. So I think we sort of genuinely did forward the news agenda there, which is usually quite a good idea that that's news tracking done right, where you can advance the story on. And there's more to say on it, as opposed to just a comment on the side. So that's something, to, to flip this back from Led Zeppelin to tech entrepreneurs, yeah. is think about where your expertise lie potentially and how instead of just commenting on the story mm. and almost repeating somewhat parrot fashion what's already gone on yeah. how your expertise can shed additional light onto a story for yeah. example and i think you'd be surprised that a lot of startup ceos do have unique knowledge because you know they're, they're building businesses and they're often trying to solve problems that no one else is and there will be times when they are the best placed person to talk about a certain subject and they might not realize that and often it comes up in conversation um, I'm one of those weird journalists that likes to do phone calls because you can kind of steer the conversation and understand a little bit more than just an email. And often from that, you'll realize like, well, hang on, you're really interesting for this reason that you've never pitched me about. It's just come up in conversation. So sometimes it can take a while to actually sit back and think, what can I talk about? What's the real story here? And how can I forward that? As opposed to just here is a comment on it. And I'd imagine to, to focus on what not to do, as it's always useful to clear up, is that what you get a lot of? Just comments about a story? I've had, um, I've had my own articles sent to me by people saying, have you seen this article? Like, you know, here's a news story which you should be covering. I said, yes, I, I wrote that. Um, that's always quite funny. So yeah, it's, it's just generic comments saying, you know, I had one today which was on Yahoo Verizon from a business school professor saying, it's going to be very difficult for this company. It's not valuable to us and I could have said that so I think what we look for a bit is something that we don't know which we can add because we'll be honest and say we didn't know this but this person told us this you know this guy is an expert there's nothing wrong with us as journalists saying we don't know this obscure bit of law or cybersecurity thing but these people who got in touch with us they do um so that was quite good um 
I guess another bad example of, of news jacking, and this one, this one kind of annoyed me. So I reported on um, Crowdmix, which is a oh, music yeah. startup in London, mm. um, which has gone into... Um, gone bankrupt, basically, over 40 million gone, and 150 jobs are on the line. Um, and it's, you know, genuinely quite a sad thing to write because, you know, we want to see London Tech do well and we kind of know the people involved. So we kind of broke that news. And then in the days after that, I would get about an email a day from someone saying, hey, James, saw you reported on Crowdmix, really sad that all these people have lost their jobs. Thought you might be interested in what we're doing at this music startup. And I, so, I sort so of pitching their companies on the back pitching of, their company on the back of 150 people potentially losing their jobs, wow. which I found was quite distasteful. And that was one of the rare times where I will email and, and complain to either the PR person or the founder. This was actually the founders that did this. I think a professional PR agency wouldn't have done this. Um, I think it was the CEOs were reading about their industry, saw this, and thought, "Oh, we're getting in touch." And there's nothing wrong in seeing that a journalist covers the industry you're in. But I think it's understanding what's right and what's the right time to email when actually it's kind of a disrespectful thing to do. And I went back and I said, look, I'm sure you have a cool company, but email me in a month where you're not coming on the back of, of this happening because it's not the right time to do it. So I think you have to pick and choose which news items to report on. I mean, we've had companies say, you know, there's been this terrorist attack in, in Asia but we've got this really cool technology which can help people stay in touch in an earthquake or something. And they're just using it for publicity. And sometimes it's genuinely useful. Oh, wow, this company can connect people via Bluetooth or whatever. Or sometimes it's just, we're a social network. We want press. Here's a terrorist attack. Let's email a journalist. And we do get quite annoyed over that, I think. Well, that is com completely understandable, I think many would say. Um, so let's... Let's move on. Let's talk about how to do a good job and almost that flow diagram of thinking that yeah. should be in an entrepreneur's head or, or a PR person's head when they are thinking of, here's a news story. Shall I get in touch with James Cook? <laughs> Shall yeah. I get in touch with a journalist? What questions should they ask themselves to determine whether it's a good idea and to also determine their likelihood of, of, of getting in? Yeah, first of all, have people died? Have people lost their jobs? Is this a sad story that people are going to see published and it's going to ruin people's lives? Um, and if you can't add something useful and, and proper to add to that, then, then don't do it. So I think there's first of all a sanity check of understanding whether that's something that you should be using to promote your business. Um, you would assume people do that. They don't always do that. Um, because so I was going to say, sadly, that sounds a little bit of a flippant thing to say, but it isn't if people are doing it. It happens regularly. Um, wow. Yeah. So that's, that's the first thing to do. And then it's understanding, well, what, what do we have here? And, and putting together the expertise or, or the informational research that you have. Um, I mean, one industry that's very good at that is cybersecurity. And then they'll see a hack and say, well, we've dug into the raw data that came out and we've spotted this. They have something concrete there and then it's justifiable that you get in touch with a journalist. So that's a good way of doing it. So it's understanding, here's a new story and I'm thinking, right, well, what can we do here? Can we just put out a comment? Can we find out something that a journalist doesn't know? Do we have expertise? Is our CEO an expert on this story? And he's been following it himself. I think people can sometimes be a bit shy to try and be part of the news or do more than just a comment because they think that's our job. Whereas actually it's kind of more of a collaboration sometimes. If a company has original research or the CEO has the expertise, we want to kind of work with them because that helps us as a journalist. So I, do, I guess... Don't be shy when you have an idea that you think could be newsworthy. Um, we'll, we'll judge that. And you think a lot of entrepreneurs 
especially entrepreneurs who aren't in the journalism nor PR industry will think, well, what do I give journalists? Probably a statement. That seems to be what they print. Yeah. They, they don't really know that you like other stuff too, like data or like, you know, a longer yeah. conversation. Like we love raw data. We often work with analytics firms because they have their data and they can make really interesting charts. There's companies that I will go to and I'll say, hey, you know, we're interested in this company. We might be interviewing the founder soon. What data do you have on them? What thoughts do you have on them? And then they'll come up with like a really interesting chart or they say, oh, well, maybe you haven't spotted that they're in this industry, which is really interesting. And then that sort of adds to our coverage from it. So I guess there will always be some sort of resource that you can add more than just a comment. Um, what we do at BI with, with comments is we only really want them from people who we're writing about, you know, the companies, the VC firms, whatever. Other than that, it's kind of irrelevant. It's kind of just noise for us. So if you're a third party to a story, almost, you really have to have something special if you're going to get yeah, anywhere near. it has to be a real bombshell comment, like, wow, this person has said X, we need that in the story, because that's an incredible claim or really interesting insight. Otherwise, it's just, you can see that they just want publicity. Much like the lawyer for the Led Zeppelin case, something truly original, yeah, very it was insightful. Unique and insightful, and, and we wanted that as a story on its own, not as a comment on a story, because this guy was genuinely useful to us. And almost as a, a last question, because this is a, a situation that I think a lot of our listenership will find themselves in. There's a lot of them at quite, you know, earlier stage entrepreneurs or, or entrepreneurs that are thinking of starting the, the next thing up. When you're not known to a journalist, mm. like you're, you're just starting your first company or making those first moves into the industry and in a couple of months you're going to be doing your first announcement of some merit, how do you break the ice usefully? in that kind of first instance? That's a really good question. I think that's one we, we get a lot. Um, and I think the best way to break the ice is just to come in hard with a real story straight away, which is tough. So that's one way to do it, is that just genuinely be a really killer story that journalists are going to be fighting over themselves to write about. Um, or just just drop a journalist email and say, hey, you know, just let you know we're in the space and acknowledge that you might not have news yet. Just say, just getting, you, getting us on your radar and say, we're a new music streaming startup if you're interested, here we are, but we're not going to reach out to you yet because we haven't launched or, or whatever. And it's just a sort of respectful thing of saying, hey, you know, we know you're, you're busy, but here we are. And we'll value that and we'll remember that. And then when you do get in touch with news, we'll understand that you're polite and you kind of understand how news works. And that's useful for us because if we then have news, we'll remember like, hey, you know, that guy emailed me with his music streaming startup, I can now get back to him because he emailed me, he made contact, and that was established initially. And the key thing you said there is show an understanding that you know how news works. Yes. Because that is quite, is that quite an important thing in a journalist's mind, that you know that that person isn't going to, you know, mess around sending comments on stories that they have nothing to do with. Yeah. They it's understand the process. Out, it's stripping out the irrelevancy and being available when there is news. And when I say news, in that definition, I mean actual news that's happening that we want to be on like um i bought a rotating siren light for my desk to remind me and, and some of the people i work with that there is breaking news and we want that up asap and if you've offered a comment or an interview and you're not picking up your phone or you're not sending me a press shot of whoever is giving me the comment that stops us wanting to work with you because now we're delayed and that makes our jobs more difficult so sometimes there is a genuine need for understanding how the news industry works and, you know, deadlines, things like that. There is a sense of urgency there. So when you tweet saying, I'm going to set off the tech news siren, that's literal. That does happen. I no, do I, set off I, the siren. I am probably the worst boss ever, actually. <laughs> um, I do buy snacks sometimes. 
like donuts. They're quite unhealthy though. Right. Doesn't bother me. <laughs> no, I, I think people like that. Um, it's a bit of fun. It's understanding <laughs> that there is breaking tech news. We want to be first to it. We want to kind of get those scoops. And that's a very visual way of saying, hey, you know, we're there's a sense of urgency here. And that's another thing, actually. It's a really procedural thing and even something that I'd forgotten um, to bring up in this podcast and something that, you know, PR professionals do as a matter of course. If you're giving a comment, you often give a picture of the person giving the comment as well. Yeah. Because it's always a decent result if you're, you know, in my case, a partner of the firm's face is next to their comment in the paper or something. Right, and we want really interesting visual stories. We want people to be scrolling down and we don't want walls of text. We want interesting, mm. colourful photos and things. And, and that really helps because it's not just words on the page. It's a photo of this person. You can understand who they are and what they're saying a bit more. So I think we we need to wrap up fairly shortly, but I guess to try and summarise that, the best piece of advice is... Only get in touch if you're incredibly relevant. Is that the, the top line of this conversation? Yeah, it's, it's understanding what you have to offer when, when newsjacking, as it were. And if you don't feel that you have enough, then it's okay to say, you know what, I think all this will harm our relationship with a journalist if we do this. Because it's a gamble every time you pitch a journalist. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And I think people need to realize that when it doesn't work, that can actually hurt you a little bit. You know, you lose favour with them. So understand what's relevant and what's not and, and cut back on what's not relevant to start with. Thank you very much, James. Thank you very much.